Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, NCIA's Deputy Director of Communications. Today in this episode, I'm speaking with Dan Serrard from Cannabis Creative Group. He's been working in the cannabis industry for over four years, and currently he heads business development and strategic partnerships for Cannabis Creative Group, a top marketing agency in the cannabis industry. He's the member of many cannabis associations and serves as committee member of NCIA's Marketing and Advertising Committee. Cannabis Creative Group's services include branding, strategy, packaging, SEO, SEM, PPC, social media, and email marketing, and has been a leader in digital marketing in the cannabis industry since 2017. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Bethany, for having me today. Absolutely. So let's kick things off by getting to know you a little bit better. Let's Talk a bit about your background and experience before working in cannabis with Cannabis Creative Group. What did you do before? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I graduated college from UNH, I started out in the health and wellness industry. It's always been an interest of mine. And um, after school, I found my experience managing multiple health clubs and That was in the Boston area and actually on the West Coast in Los Angeles. So I've always been interested in the health and wellness and kind of alternative solutions field. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I actually had an opportunity to launch a few products in the supplement space. One was a multivitamin mix and the other was a nootropic. So I had some experience with some products in the health and wellness space. And, and being part of a startup and really enjoyed it. So I moved back to Boston around 2015 and I really continued to be gravitated towards that health and wellness community. So I had a couple sales roles in biotech. Uh, one was a genetic testing company, really interesting where you can uh, submit your DNA and it tells you all types of different um genetic makeups about you that if you should be a power athlete or a long distance runner or your health makeup or any, you know, um, pieces of your body that are in your genetic makeup that could have an allergy or you could have an allergy to specific food. So, um, had some great sales experience, enterprise sales experience, traveling all around the world with that. And then I I managed a sales team and actually managed a health club downtown Boston. So really, you know, before venturing in the cannabis space, and I think it really paves the way on why I got into the cannabis space is really that health and wellness aspect of life, always being gravitated towards that. Absolutely. I find that whole field as well. So fascinating, the nootropics and I've really been getting into adaptogenics uh, like ashwagandha, reishi, uh, you know, healing, healing mushrooms and so on. Really interesting stuff, especially the genetic testing. So it's easy to see cannabis as a, as a wellness and, and health and well-being supplement. So, so that segue makes a bunch of sense to me. But how did you end up jumping into this space? Was it directly with Cannabis Creative Group? And um, you know, what's your relationship with the cannabis plant at this point? Yeah, absolutely. So, so kind of a funny story, you know, I have a, a long history since, uh, uh, 
let's call it my teen years in the quote unquote legacy market, right? So consume recreationally at an early age and, you know, really looking back at it, it was, you know, obviously there was a stigma around it then as there is now, but it was a little more and a little more to say the least. And I think it really helped me with pain management. Um, I played uh, sports through high school and college and, you know, against popular opinion, I think uh, by some, I consumed cannabis and it really reduced the pain, took some anxieties away about being able to perform at a high level. And really back then, I don't think many people saw it as pain management. And I didn't at the time either. I think it was just kind of an outlet to help me cope with some stresses of the world. And looking back at it, um, definitely, I, I think that helped me get through a lot of my anxieties. So, there's, you know, there's that aspect. And additionally, when I was out in California, uh, I, I lived in the Los Angeles area, but I had uh, some friends with a farm up in Humboldt County in Eureka. And so I spent some time up there in the fall, um, being a, a immigrant, some people call it, and uh, it was a great time. So I, I ventured up there and uh, hung out on a farm for the falls and helped them with their harvest. And, and really, you know, that was, let's see, 2014, 2015 or so. And I, I saw the cannabis industry starting to take place in California, right, light years ahead of, of Massachusetts, where I'm based today. So um when I moved back to Massachusetts, uh, cannabis industry, it just passed, um, recreational, but it wasn't until a couple of years later than it, that dispensaries started to open up. So I had some sales roles and some startups. I knew about the legalization and Massachusetts coming online soon and really it, it piqued my interest, you know, working at a health club, I kind of saw a glass ceiling there. Um, and to be fully transparent, I, you know, I found cannabis creative group through indeed a, a job listing there so you know our parent company champ internet who's been established for 13 years now had a couple of cannabis clients and we're really looking to see if this niche audience or this niche market um, could be a good fit for the marketing agency they had a couple they had a dispensary up in maine and an extraction lab in massachusetts and so they they hired me to show kind of proof of concept if it worked that would be great and if not you know, maybe I'm out of a job in six months or so. Um, but, you know, we, we were able to work with our team uh, who had some previous experience in cannabis. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Figure out what you can and can't say. Look at best practices of all digital marketing, websites, branding. And now fast forward four years, you know, we're a global business that's worked with over 200 companies and we've grown the agency from about 15 to around 50 people here. So um, that's kind of the story of, of how I got to where I am today. And um, it's been a wild ride. It's been a fun one to say the least. Yep, that's the uh, the roller coaster journey of cannabis, and you're so right about you know the restrictions and what you can and can't do, particularly in marketing. I'm sure many cannabis companies have struggled on Facebook and Instagram and Google Ads and everything. It's it's been a struggle, absolutely, um, to find ways to market if you're a direct to plant person for sure or operator. So as far as Cannabis Creative Group goes, uh, the it, it sounds like the company's been around for, you know, 2017. That's not nothing. It's over five years now. Uh, tell me more about the company. And I'm sure it's expanded quite a bit from those first initial clients that you had. Yeah, absolutely. And and looking back 2017, geez, that seems so long ago. It's like, you know, everyone jokes <laughs> about dog years and cannabis. So I, yep. I can absolutely relate to it where back in, you know, I was, I was actually telling someone on my team this earlier, um, as I was walking around NECAN and bringing them for the first time, um, that my first trade show, uh, you know, walking around bright eyed and, you know, you felt like a freshman in college, right. Where all these crazy companies, you can't believe you're in the field. And, uh, I, I linked up with a couple great friends and, and, uh, industry partners of mine, Michaela over at, uh, spring big Michaela McLaughlin and Tim Zielinski over at Jane. And the three of us kind of all started at the same time. Now, you know, they're both VPs of sales and head their departments. And we all, look back and joke about it all the time and say, oh my God, look how far things have come. So, um, you know, what, uh, what I do on a day-to-day basis is really, you know, focusing on one new business and also building out our, our network of strategic partnerships so that new business, you know, that we're looking for. So I, I have some salespeople that I work with. Uh, we go to trade shows, networking events, you know, we get our hands dirty doing some cold calling, you know, over the last few years. And it, it's been really successful and something that we'll talk about a little later on the show here is how, you know, that, that five letter word COVID has impacted trade shows. So um, a lot of the time it's finding those strategic opportunities, how we can find partners. If it's, you know, clients that we're working with have a uh, existing relationship with a number, another company who might need a website, or if it's uh, with our clients and, and partners around the industry to find those new opportunities. And additionally, you know, what I've, I've been working on is, is helping our accounts team also find opportunities where we can enhance our clients' businesses. So maybe we start with a ad campaign for a dispensary in, in Boston. And that Google ad campaign is going really well that we're seeing on our end, but maybe they're not implementing a email marketing follow-up to maximize the opportunity of revenue for their consumers. So what I do is I help working as a strategic partner with a lot of our clients to see other areas of marketing, either whether it be our team can handle it or a partner of ours can handle it and help them build their business. Um, And that being said, 
we, we do have a network of strategic partners. So we work with packaging firms, we work with uh, lawyers and manufacturing facilities where we can find those opportunities. So a lot of my time now is, is working with our partners and figuring out how we can provide um, our clients with vetted partners in the industry that can help with us. Absolutely. Teamwork makes the dream work, especially in the cannabis industry. That's great to hear. All right, let's take that first commercial break and then we'll come back and chat more with Dan from Cannabis Creative Group. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. And we're talking with Dan Serrard from Cannabis Creative Group. And as hinted before the break, let's bring up that five-letter word that we've all learned to adjust to as much as we can uh, these last couple of years, covid It has definitely impacted everyone, including the cannabis industry. However, we were deemed an essential business in most places, which I love to brag about, which was kind of groundbreaking for me, at least. Uh, So let's talk more about how COVID has impacted our industry and what you've been seeing from your perspective and how it's changed how cannabis businesses are marketing their products and getting customers in the door, out of their houses and in the door. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and and first of all, Bethany, you said it exactly. Like what an enormous win for the cannabis industry to be deemed an essential business, right? That's just absolutely groundbreaking. It sets the tone for the future. And it's an amazing win for the industry in terms of the stigma, in terms of relating it to health and wellness, and just an industry as a whole. So it, it's been crazy, uh, to say the least. And a lot of companies have had to figure out, you know, okay, well, we can't do events, you know, we can't have people through our doors. So what are we shifting to? And, you know, luckily for us, we're very fortunate that we are a digital marketing agency. So digital marketing, right? When you go on Google, how do you be found? When you go into social media, how is your brand found? So I, I think we've been very fortunate um, to figure out uh, what makes sense for companies and how to increase traffic, whether they're limited from in-person events or for networking events or bringing people to their door. So some of the shifts that we saw um, for, for cannabis businesses, I think first and foremost is putting an extreme focus on online ordering uh, for dispensaries and then an e-commerce focus for CBD products. So we do work with all types of different businesses. And I think, you know, from a dispensary standpoint or, you know, licensed operator standpoint, really focusing on your web presence, your social media presence, driving those online orders, especially through mobile, uh, making it as seamless as possible is so crucial um, 
for the dispensaries. And then along with the uh, CBD, it's tough to have a brick and mortar CBD business as a whole, right? So how do you make your website the first thing that your customers see in experience that would be similar to, you know, if they were to meet you in person? So, you know, dispensaries relying on order ahead and purchasing online is a really important factor. That, and that's the biggest shift that we've seen. So what that means uh, in terms of, of the shift there is focusing on content creation that would typically uh, be a conversation where they might have with a sales associate or a bun tender, right? A bud tender, excuse me, um, where there you can provide that education on your cannabis products in your dispensary when someone's visiting your website. There's also a huge focus and content creation is part of this on SEO. So making sure that your Google My Business account is up to date, that you're building a strong domain authority, you're continuing to rank higher in the search engine. So you're looking at backlinks and blogs and directories, and you're strategizing and figuring out where all this traffic is going now that people are home and where can you capture that audience. And I think one thing that has come out of that is, especially in California, is platforms and brands looking to launch, especially with delivery, um, a true direct-to-consumer model for brands, where if you know a, a company in California has an amazing logistics system or is partnered with a logistics system that consumers can order directly through their website and have it delivered to their door. And it's not mm. just, you know, a, a crazy, you know, covered van with a huge pot leaf on it. It's discreet, it's trustworthy, it's secure, and really, you know, educating upon that, I think is really important as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, delivery, became a crucial factor during those times as well. Uh, we're, we're just now getting that implemented here in the state of Colorado. And uh, it yes, I, I remember getting CBD only products in the mail. Um, at the beginning of COVID, there was a company uh, that has a, a, a licensed side to things. They make edibles and gummies um, on the dispensary license side, but they also have a hemp derived CBD uh, side to their business as well. And they are allowed to ship things in the mail. I got them in the mail. It was great. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, the online pre-order, just drive up. If you don't have delivery like we didn't, uh, just drive up and they'll bring it right out to you. That was kind of nice. So um, interesting. So convenient. <laughs> yeah. Interesting solutions for sure. Okay. So as we're all Mostly, we're mostly vaccinated <laughs> um, and the hospitals are moving in the right direction as far as cases go, hospitalizations. Those numbers are starting to look better, finally, two years later. Um, so crossing our fingers that that trend continues um, and we can get out of this you know, awful pandemic. Um, so slowly but surely, in-person events are returning and I can now go back inside in my dispensary and talk to a bud tender, no big deal. So maybe we are over the big scary hump here, but you know, I think some permanent changes may have been made. Like if it works, you know, we, we pivoted <laughs> and if it works, um, you know, keep it right. Even, even though things change, what can we expect in the future um, as 
maybe long-term or maybe some of those permanent changes because of what we've been through with COVID? And, and what should these companies be continuing to think about um, as we move forward? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a couple things here that I, that I want to talk about and then maybe some, uh, we'll just bring in our crystal ball for some projections. Mm-hmm. But I would say the biggest thing um, that I, as a takeaway from COVID is that kind of gone are the days of if you build it, they will come in some of these states for dispensaries. It's really important to completely build out your brand, take the time, effort, energy, you know, budget to really build that brand. Brand neck bracket brand recognition, excuse me, is is crucial now from a from a digital standpoint. So increasing, you know, your time spent on social media, increasing your time spent on your email marketing, making sure that your website is functional, there's a better user experience. This is where people are searching for it. So I think that is here to stay is people investing into their digital presence rather than their um, walkable presence, right? Where I think, you know, billboards and out of home advertising and stuff like that um, are, are important, but people are sitting on their couch, they're at home, they're hanging out and they're really finding businesses online. And I think that's really here to stay. Um, so I think that's one, you know, first and foremost. And the other kind of interesting um, thing that I think uh, has changed the industry and is here to say here here to stay because of COVID is we're going to call it JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, very familiar with that. And, you know, because of lockdown and COVID, you know, people are focusing more on themselves and craving a positive outlook and relaxing experiences. And what can they do either at home or out in, you know, outdoors or something that not necessarily a big crowded concert venue or going somewhere. So I think that really uh, goes well or pairs well nicely with cannabis, looking at what can they do to help themselves, right? Um, mindfulness, gratitude, relaxation, you know, essentially enjoying or consuming cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. So brands can be successful by tapping into this theory of, let's call it Joe Mo, um, by highlighting consuming cannabis and having positive experiences. So if you're thinking of a product to relax, to get good sleep, to go on a hike and branding around these experiences where people are, you know, maybe it's with one or two people or by themselves and figure out where they they can um, really find some, you know, positivity in the world and what they're doing without, you know, going crazy to a 2000 person venue or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. The amount of stress, um, And, you know, long-term grief, I think that the world has been experiencing through COVID and, and, and everything else on top of it, social unrest across the country. Um, My dentist told me that the number of people grinding their teeth has gone up significantly (laughs) in the last two (laughs) years. And I said, yeah, totally get it. Anyway, let's uh, take our last commercial break and then come back and continue our chat with Dan from Cannabis Creative Group. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. 
All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association, talking with Dan Serrard from Cannabis Creative Group. Um, it's really good to reflect here with you about the changes our industry's been through because of the COVID-19 pandemic all the way into the year 2022 now. Uh, so we've got some time to look back and reflect on first what we did in panic mode the first three months. And again, the, the big joke about how uh, cannabis dispensaries were um, shut down for all of an hour and a half here in Colorado before before the governor said, OK, all right, all right, we'll keep them open. Um, <laughs> there were long, long lines like immediately once the news um, the brief news that cannabis dispensaries would be closed. Um, but then we adapted and moved forward and, and things were opened. And as we said earlier, essential business declared. Um, in your work with clients, um, you know, we've already shared a few examples, but I wonder if more are coming to mind that stick out to you about ways our industry pivoted and adapted and adjusted yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think first and foremost, uh, across the board, and, and I have a lot of examples, but I'll talk about it in a general rule of thumb, is people have shifted um, to focus on types of advertising, which is obviously a hot topic in cannabis, but focusing on digital advertising. And one of the things that we've seen is when people are you know, sitting at home, hanging out, they're searching for cannabis near them, um, advertising and localized search engine optimization, which is essentially you know, um, like a Google or Bing or any of these types of search engines, how you show up and rank is going to be you know, a crucial factor moving forward. So you know, an example of that is we've worked with a, a company for a long time here, and they're they're based in Boston, a dispensary based in Boston. And once the pandemic started to hit, they saw a uptick in their organic SEO, and we strategized with them and said, okay, well, we're, we're noticing that you're seeing a lot of organic traffic. How about we explore boosting that with some paid search? And through those paid search campaigns, in, in literal months, we were able to attribute over millions of dollars of revenue. And we found wow. that from their hyper-targeted um, ad campaign, where it was people searching within 30-mile radius, cannabis near me, and we were able to capitalize on that. And I thought that was really, you know, I, I would say, you know, one client is a great story that comes to mind, but there's dozens of them. And supplementing that with email marketing um, was, was a big key factor here. And people are now at home, you know, they've calmed down a little bit. They're not traveling as much. They have some time to take a look at their computer, their emails, their cell phone, and really implementing some of these strategic campaigns where people have the time. Um, they're looking at their emails now. They're looking at their phones. They're looking at. They're looking through websites, and analyzing, strategizing that consumer, how they're shopping, where they're shopping, um, what products they're looking for, and being able to work with the client and, and relay that information has been key. So, um, can't say one one client specifically, um, but there's been multiple. Absolutely. 
Great, great. Yep. We're very adaptable as an industry just by nature because we have to be. So uh, I guess we were we were able to make it through uh, better than some other industries, perhaps. Um, before we wrap up the episode here, uh, I mentioned at the beginning that you are involved in our marketing and advertising committee, the MAC, as we like to call it internally. And I believe you also co-chair one of the subcommittees. Could you just talk a little bit about your involvement in this NCIA committee and what you're focused on? Yeah, absolutely. The MAC. <laughs> great, great group of people. Uh, yeah. I've been very fortunate to, to sit on the committee this year and have really enjoyed my experience. So um, I do sit on the marketing advertising committee and I co-chair the uh, content and education committee. So what we are looking to do is put together different pieces of content on behalf of the industry, um, such as we are doing some content around social media, like what you can and can't say. We have some amazing people from the uh, legal side of the cannabis and, well, I should say that work uh, within legal um, industries and their lawyers and help people with regulations. So we're putting together some content on what you can and can't say. We're doing uh, some pieces around influencer marketing and, you know, is that successful? Is it not successful? I think there's, you know, depending on who you talk to and when you talk to them, you might find different answers. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're putting together some content on the overview of the market and predictions moving forward. So similar to the conversation we're having today, I think there's going to be some amazing content around there with some uh, data from one of our partners that they're putting together. And then something that I'm really excited for, we are working on some content, uh, webinars and podcasts and blogs for the Best of 420 Awards. Mm -hmm. So that's a gonna be an amazing opportunity for the NCIA and the Marketing and Advertising Committee. So we're working on content around that. And uh, I can get into that if you want me to a little bit, I, I have some information to share. Ah, oh, yeah, we have about 30 seconds left. Okay. So go ahead and plug that 420 uh, marketing campaign. Yes, absolutely. So we are doing a 420 marketing campaign. The submissions are due in May and they're going to be picked at in person at the Cannabis Business Summit. So we're doing categories for advocacy, education and community. So any, you know, anyone listening to this uh podcast here, I would highly recommend to find out more information about that on the NCI website, because it'll be a great competition. And I'm excited to see the campaigns. Great, great. Yes, we'll be launching information about how to submit your campaigns in the coming weeks here. So stay tuned. Uh, yeah, that, we did that last year, and it, it turned out really great. Anyway, Dan, I'm sorry that we've run out of time today. This has been a great conversation. Where can folks find out more about you and Cannabis Creative Group? Absolutely. Well, Bethany, it was a thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, if you guys are looking for more information, uh, our website is www.cannabiscreativegroup.com or you can email me at dan at cannabiscreative.com. Wonderful. Thanks for joining me today. And thanks to our audience for continuing to tune in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.